Hey, hey, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Bowling, and I'm way pumped to have you join me today because I get to interview a special guest. As you listen today, you get to hear what it looks like to live in genuine love every day, and you're going to love it. Be sure to subscribe and share this with your friends. I get to introduce you to some of my all-time favorite people, and one of them right now I'm serious, Joseph. I think you're probably in my top five favorite people. Honestly. Oh my goodness. I, I feel the same way about you. <laughs> <laughs> so this Thank is you. Joseph I feel the Harris. Same way about you. And um, we've been knowing each other kind of on and off for a couple of like about two years, maybe not yep. real long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the first way I met Joseph was I was listening to Sean Bolt's podcast and Sean interviewed Joseph and I was like, oh my God, I have to meet this guy. (laughs) (laughs) So I finagled it and uh, had a massively amazing conversation. I'll never forget it. First one with Joseph and uh, totally fell in love with him. So I'm super stoked to introduce Joseph to my podcast audience. Thank you, Joseph. Oh man, it's an honor to be here with you, friend. And I, um, I don't remember the first time I was introduced to you, but I know I have known you longer than you've known me, I must say, because uh, I would watch, you know, your broadcast and your mom's broadcast and just feed my heart with um, the word of God and uh, the ministry gift that God's placed in you. So I'm very, very grateful to God for you and how he connected us. But you are indeed one of my top five favorite people on this planet as well. <laughs> That's totally cool. And I, fun of the, one of the fun things is discovering how I think our, our your mindset, my mindset, they overlap mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, there's of so course. much common ground. It's it's a little eerie. I think we should be like brothers and sisters, huh? Yes. <laughs> we are in God. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, Joseph, not everybody in the audience is familiar with you. So, could you give us like a little bit of like biography, background, and and then we'll kind of jump into some genuine love stuff and just pick your brain be honored to. So um, just as Sarah mentioned, my name is Joseph Harris, and I am um, the pastor of a church called Love Center in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. It's not necessarily in the city of Baltimore. I always say Baltimore because that's what most people know, but it's in one of the suburbs, and God's just blessed our congregation to do great and awesome things with loving people and um, introducing people into what real God, real relationship in really genuine people look like and uh, what family should look like. And I've been pastoring um, for about uh, almost four years now, which is amazing. And uh, God just continues to, you know, cause that to increase and, and grow. But I'm, I'm born and raised in Baltimore. Um, I, uh, I've only lived probably one other, uh, in one other uh, state in my life. Um, but I've, you know, been blessed with the opportunity to travel all over the world and to see many people um, not just come to Jesus, but to encounter God in a very real way. And um, yeah, I've been literally just all over the world, loving on people and uh, just trying to show people uh, reality of Jesus. And uh, also, uh, I'm a, um, a chef on the Food Network um, from time to time. I um, do work for them. And uh, I did my first show and won, competed in one um, on uh, All Star Academy in uh, 2015 and that was great and uh, became the best home cook in America and thank you Jesus I haven't had to defend my title (laughs) I guess COVID's working in my benefit in that regard but um, (laughs) 
Yeah, so I've been doing that and done a couple of other shows with them too as well and have some new things on the horizon uh, hopefully coming out soon. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Nice. And Joseph, tell me about like your upbringing. Did you do Jesus from like when you were little tiny? I mean, mm. where and mom, dad, family, gotcha. siblings, all that. Tell, tell us a little bit about that too. Sure. Um, my mom, um, her father, my grandfather uh, was a Baptist pastor. And um, my mom grew up, of course, in drenched and being drenched in the word and um, being uh, in church culture. And of course, for her, it's a little bit more strict, but um, that naturally being her upbringing, uh, she brought us up the same way. I think she told me when I was three years old, um, I'd been going to church for some time. And I guess I'd been hearing people talk about receiving Jesus. And I told her I wanted to be saved. So I don't remember when that happened, uh, but evidently I got saved at a very, very young age. I grew up in a word of faith church and my pastor, she was so before her time. She was phenomenal, absolutely an amazing woman of God. Her name was uh, Jacqueline Norris. And um, she just preached the word with just such conviction and love and the reality of God's word to, you know, cause people not to look at God in a, in a religious way, but in a relational way and to receive all of the benefits that Christ died to give us. And uh, yeah, that was my upbringing. And that was all I knew was the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. And it wasn't until 2018 that I was introduced to uh, Dr. Randy Clark, um, who I love dearly. I ended up going to a Global Awakening event in uh, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. And that's where I encountered the Holy Spirit in a real way. I encountered God in a real way to the point where I was shaking uh, violently for three days and nights um, just from the presence of God coming on me so strong. And I've never been the same since then. And, you know, God's used it to open up many doors and um, uh, be mentored and trained by some of the greatest apostolic voices in this world. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much my background of growing up. That's totally cool. And siblings, how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have um, an older sister. So my mom had two sets of twins, 16 months apart. Whoa. I, yes, bless her heart. I don't know what she was thinking. Oh my my dad is a twin as well. My dad is a twin. And his mom, I think, had two or three sets of twins as well. So I am a twin. Uh, I have a twin brother. My sister is a twin as well, but her uh, sister passed away, um, uh, 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 you know, before I was born. So uh, I have a sister in heaven that I'll meet one day. But um, yeah, so now I have an older sister and my twin brother, who's older than me by two minutes. So I'm the youngest. <laughs> So you're like the baby of the family, right? That's what I am. That's what my mom calls me is the baby. And she's the baby in her family. So we have that? a good relationship. It's how very good. <laughs> so how'd you get into cooking? That's a great question. I um, w used to watch my grandmother, my mom's mom, uh, cook. She was a uh, caterer and she would get up in the middle of the night, you know, early in the morning, start preparing for her orders for the day. And I don't know why, but it just sparked this interest, this culinary passion, I call it, inside of me to want to start cooking. And she let me cook with her. She would let me cut up vegetables. I remember cutting up onions and green peppers and celery in this little, little teeny food processor. 
And um, it just developed such a desire in me to want to cook. And I'll never forget when I was in um, elementary school, I was graduating from the fifth grade and I walked up to the platform. You know, they'll ask you like, what do you want to do in life? Or what do you want to be when you grow up? And I had told my mom, I was going to say, I was going to be a policeman, police officer. I wanted to be a police officer. And she was like, no, you ain't going to be no police officer. <laughs> and I made up in my mind, I was like, I know what I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, going to say. And as I'm getting ready to walk out on stage, I see, I didn't know it was Holy Spirit at that time, but I see in my heart a picture of Julia Child. And I don't even remember ever really sitting down and watching Julia Child when I was a, you know, a young guy at that age. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna be a police officer. I walk out on stage. They ask me, what do you wanna be when you grow up? And I say, I'm going to be a television cooking person. Literally <laughs> out of my mouth came that. I said, I'm going to be a television cooking person and had no idea what just came out of my mouth. I will never forget that though. And it wasn't until I like, you know, got famous with Food Network and stuff that God brought that back to my memory. I was like, man, I, you had me declaring that when I was a little boy. Wow, that <laughs> so that's kind of how I got into it. <laughs> That's completely cool. The other thing too is you like music. It's not just cooking, but you like music. So I do. Tell me, tell us a little bit about that too, because I mean, the cooking we can see like cooking Food Network, but music we don't see that as much with you. So tell me, tell me what no. that looks like. Yeah. Um. I um. So I grew up um leading worship probably from the time at my church that I was serving at. I I served there from. I think the time I was 13 until I was 28 or 29 years old. And I led worship probably every service, every Sunday, every Wednesday. Wow. <laughs> it was quite, quite uh, 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 the responsibility. And um, I learned a lot and um, I grew a lot in my voice, my vocal ability. Um, some people would say that um, my ability to sing is probably greater than any other gifting that I have, but most of them that know me for singing don't know, you know, me for finishing the word or anything like that and vice versa. People who only know me that I, that I preach or, you know, God uses me in, in the gifts of the spirit and stuff, but they don't know that I'm a worship leader. I have been a worship leader, you know, yeah. so, but music has always been a, a part of my life. My family, I come from a singing family. Everybody sings in my family. And uh, my mom used to tour around with some of the great uh, uh, gospel singers. Yeah. And um, so she would get us up, like my mom, my grandmother would get me up and have me cooking my mom would get us up and have us singing and we'd have to practice in the mornings and at night and listen you know how to just determine the harmony and all of that stuff it, it was it was great I wouldn't trade it for anything but yes I, I love music and I love worshiping God I'm actually working on a new project right now um uh for a, a new worship cd so we'll see how that goes that it's coming out so soon cool. totally yeah on that so you did all this, you did the Jesus stuff kind of like from close to conception, right? From three Basically. Did you basically. ever have a time when you were like, hey, I don't know, this stuff is a little shady. I want to like take a pause and explore some other, other options. Did you ever have that? Verbatim, what you just said was exactly what I said. I had uh, graduated and um, I was getting ready to go to college. And when I was getting ready to go, I the thought came to my mind 
Um, and I was going for the wrong reasons, I must say. I was I was interested in somebody and I was like, oh, I'm going to go and uh, maybe things will hit off and all this stuff. And I'm sitting, you know, contemplating all of these things one night and I convinced myself that I had experienced everything that there is in the kingdom of God. And I'm like, oh, I've done the God thing. I, you know, there's probably nothing else left. Let me explore, you know, what's not him. And I was really just about to open myself up to anything and whatever, you know, came across my path, drinking, whatever. I just didn't care. And um, I'll never forget as I'm literally sitting there in the middle of the night thinking this downstairs in my living room, my mom gets up out of her bed, she comes downstairs and she looks at me and she says, I have no idea what you're getting ready to plan to do, but I will pray that God kills you before I ever see you turn away from God. <laughs> and that was enough to scare the living bejesus out of me. Holy and God. needless to say, I never did anything <laughs> that I was thinking of doing. But um, it doesn't mean, you know, that you don't have temptations and you don't, you know, veer off, you know, slightly or whatever. Um, I love Jean Guyon says uh, that the the measure in which you turn away from God is the measure in which you return back to him. So sometimes we think that, you know, if it's, we veered off a little and it's got to be this great turning back. And it, in reality, it's just a small measure, just turn your heart back, you know, to the Lord. And, and that's what it was for me. I just had this little desire to go into the opposite direction. And yeah. God used my mom in that instance to bring me right back to to, to the Lord. And again, like I said, it's not that I haven't gone through things or I've made bad decisions in life, um, um, but it has taught me to keep first things first. And that that is my relationship with God. And that's the most important thing in my life. That's completely cool. So is that like Madame Guyon, the experience? Yeah. Mm -hmm. God? Yep. Holy oh, God. yeah. It's one of my Ooh. absolute favorite, favorite, favorite books. And I'm reading a book on from her right now on um, the final step in Christian maturity. Um, it's super deep. <laughs> I'm like, God, this woman was amazing she and was. crazy at the same time. <laughs> yep. Yep. So you know, not everybody in the audience, who do, tell, tell, tell the people in our audience, who's Madame Guyon or however you say her name? Sure, John. yeah. Um, I think she was just a, um, you know, I think some circles would call her a Christian mystic. Um, she was, and that's not to, you know, depend yep. on, you know, who hears that you might hear, you know, something bad, but that's not, you know, if you, you study it out, but um, uh, she was um, a woman who God really used in regards to prayer and real relationship, genuine relationship with God, mm -hmm. and to teach people how to activate that in the most simplest but still profound way and um she was i believe she was catholic she grew up in she was french she was a french lady um and she uh was encouraging people of these things and teaching these things until you know the priests i guess got a hold of it and they i think they basically just executed her because she was saying all of this stuff you know but uh now we have the benefit of hearing it and reading it and realizing that this woman was really used by God to, to um, lead us to genuine love. Mm -hmm. And I, and the emphasis that she has on that relationship with Jesus, I, and I'm totally on your page. And, and when you said her name, I was like, Oh my gosh. Right. Cause not many people 
know, know about who her. she is or know nope. her work, books, whatever. Mm -hmm. She's rich. She really name, is. She, it, her last name is spelled G-U-Y-O-N. G-U-Y-O-N. Did you ever read Job? Remember she did like a commentary on Job? I haven't. I haven't read that one. I it's need weird. to. <laughs> no, no, it's weird. I oh, it is? It up okay, and I, I don't like, want to read it. No, no. So that's why I'm like, for anybody listening, get the book Experiencing the Depths of Jesus, right? It's I think that's how it is. Holy bucket. Yes. That's an amazing read. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. That's completely cool. So, Joseph, so then you did like, went maybe did a little college, but how doing the cooking thing and then getting involved like pastoring, walk us through some of that timeline. How did that kind of play out to where you are now? Sure. Um, to make a long story short, um, I was, before I started doing the cooking and stuff, I was still doing worship, leading worship. And I uh, had, let me see, I basically, I'd broken up with my um, uh, fiance that I was engaged to. I was ended up moving away and then moving back home. And God really taught me how to hear his voice during that whole ordeal, which is too long to get into yeah. at this amount of time, but maybe one day we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it or you do can read it, we'll you know, two. yeah, we'll do it part two. That I like it. Good. Um, but, um, or you can listen to Sean's podcast, Sean Bold's podcast on, okay. on, uh, when I was on there, cause I told that story. But after that time, I, uh, have started, moved back home and started working, um, in um, Baltimore uh, for a facility that helps individuals with developmental disabilities. And I loved my job. I do not want to quit. And that year, um, I think it was 2014, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to quit your job this year. And I'm like, I'm quitting my job. So I fought with God for eight months. Then I finally said, okay, I'll, I'll quit. When I quit, um, the Lord, uh, I had went to um, lead worship for Randy uh, at his Voice of the Apostles Conference um, in Florida, in Orlando at the time. And after I had done that, I flew home and I went to a Bible study and I get this email from the Food Network asking me to audition for this new show. And I don't know how they got my information, still don't, it's a mystery. Um, but uh, I ended up uh, praying into it and felt the peace of the Lord on it. And um, I went on ahead and just started doing that. And of course, you know, that unfolded and ended up winning the competition and it opened up so many different other things. And I was getting all these contracts and major things happening and speaking for this and doing, you know, these um, uh, uh, amusement park cooking events. And it was great. All this money's coming in. It was amazing. And I thought that's what I was just going to do. And the Lord spoke to me. Uh, in the midst of all of that. And he said, um, I didn't tell you to do any of this right now. And I was like, God, but God, the contract, the money, the this, the that. And he said, I want you to build my church. And he said, I want you to focus on ministry. And I knew, I, like the Lord spoke to me um, earlier part of my life that I had been called into the Ephesians 4 uh, ministry of the um, fivefold ministry, you know, it talks about the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And I was in a prayer meeting when he spoke that to me, and he gave me just one instruction. He said, perfect the body. And I didn't know what that meant until I started reading that scripture, and I knew that was an invitation from the Lord, uh, placing me in, you know, that fivefold ministry office. So, up until that time, I hadn't walked in it. Those contracts were coming in. 
I was ready to pursue a, you know, career of being famous. And the Lord told me to lay it all down. And I did. And it was at that time that he also spoke to me about uh, starting Love Center Church. And like I said, about at that time, I'd already been traveling and leading worship. So I thought that was it. But I'll never forget when he told me to lay that down. He even told me to lay down leading worship. He said, um, from this day forward, he said, you won't be, um, I want you to lay it down. He said, you won't be a worship leader anymore. He said, I want you to focus on preaching the word. And um, I didn't know why, but um, now I do, because I realize sometimes people limit you based on what they know about you. Um, and, you know, people would, when I first started out, they'd be like, well, why are you being a pastor or why are you? you know, going out to speak and you're a worship leader, you know, you're wrong. One person even told me that, like, you know, you're wrong. You're supposed to be here leading us in worship. And which was so disrespectful, <laughs> you know, to tell somebody that and, and speak against their identity when you know God's spoken to you, you know, already. So that's pretty much how I came into it. And like I said, God's just been so faithful. He's blessed our church and We've been able to do so many great and amazing things, go on so many missions trips to all over the world and just love on people and see Jesus radically transform people's lives. Totally cool. And, and Love Center, why did you call it that? Um, that was a name from God. I asked him, I, 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 anybody that knows me, uh, has known me for a long time, I always used to say, I will do anything except become a pastor. And God has a way of making you say yes when you've always said no. Yep. And uh, when he spoke to me about it, I was like, no, 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 no. Sure. And I finally said, okay, well, what do you want to call it? He said, I want you to call it Love Center. And I was like, okay, that's easy. It's pretty generic, but okay. And I had no idea the magnitude of what he wanted that church, our church to be a place where, people come to find love and what real love looks like, what genuine love looks like. Yeah. And so when, when you say that, when you say like genuine real love, what in your mind or when your heart, what does that look or feel like to you? Sure. What is it? I not? Think, yeah. I think genuine love that's real. Number one is tangible because the Bible says in John three sixteen, right? We quote it all the time. God so loved the world that he, gave it doesn't say god so love the world period and that's where most people stop they say i love you without the tangibility of showing love and love i love what heidi baker is you know one of my spiritual moms she tells she always says love has to look like something it has to it has to have a face it has to have a name it has to have tangibility because that's the form that jesus came as a representation of genuine love the love of the father he sent us tangible expression of love. And that's what I believe that love is supposed to be even in this time. The Bible says that we people will know we are Christians by the love that we have for each other. They're not just going to hear about it, but they have to see tangible action, tangible manifestations of love for them to believe that God is real. And um, so that's my definition of what genuine love is. What it's not is anything that's opposite of that. Again, if you just say, I love you, if we're just saying, I love you as a church, um, as Love Center, and not actually taking action to show that, um, then I think, you know, as, as a ministry, we, we're, we're failing in that and, uh, and giving people a genuine expression of what love looks like. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's, and I love how you do that. And I've, I know some of the different ways, but can you tell our audience 
what are some of the different ways um, that that you guys demonstrate genuine love? Sure. Um, we, of course, try and facilitate that in our services, first and foremost, because that's, you know, what people come to church for is to come to a church service. And so we try and um, uh, emulate that love in, in, in every expression of the service in worship. Um, you know, we try and I, I love sticking to a time schedule and stuff, but we always in everything that we're doing want to make sure that we're manifesting real love. So even in the announcements and the offerings, we're, we're trying to show what love looks like and being family is a big deal for us. Uh, one of the things that the Lord spoke to me uh, when I first started the ministry, and I have it written in our bylaws, uh, he told me, he said, I want you to always feed the people. Because when you're with family, you eat, right? You eat the best food when you're with family. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Lord, I will always feed the people. I'll always, you know, speak your word and feed them the word. And he said, no, I want you to always physically feed them food. Wow. I'm like, God, what if it gets to like thousands of people? Like that's yeah. expensive. And he told me, it reminded me of what Heidi always says, that there's always more than enough. There's always enough. And there has been. God's proven that many, many times again. And I just had the opportunity to bless. He led me to bless um, someone who was becoming a member of the church. Um, excuse me, an older lady. And I didn't even know like the background that she was coming from, but turns out she had had some um, recent church hurts and um, some bad things done to her. And I didn't know it. I just, they asked me, you know, could they meet? And I always try and do my meetings at a, a restaurant or, you know, something. Matter of fact, I took her to the restaurant that I took you to when you came Man, uh, to delicious. speak at the church. Yes. And it was beautiful, the ambiance, all of that. And so I um, took her there and she's just beside herself. She told me yesterday, she came up to me and she said, I'm still just not getting over the reality of love that God used you to display to me that I matter, that I'm important, that I'm valuable enough to experience, you know, a five star restaurant dinner, sure. oh you know, goodness. that, and it's not, you're not just doing it because, you know, I'm a member of your church, but you genuinely are showing me how much you love me based on the quality of the gift that you're showing me. And um, yeah, that just blessed my heart. So that's some of the ways that we do it. It's, you know, it might not be a big deal to some people, but it is, you know, to me. And of course we try and show love by going out into the world when it was open, uh, <laughs> going out to the nations and feeding people. And even when we're not, while we're not necessarily able to do that now, we've been able to raise and bless you know so many ministries um recently almost i think almost i think we're up to almost fifteen thousand dollars so far and being able to just sow as the lord's leading us into different ministries that are actually on the ground in certain nations uh doing the same thing trying to feed and love on the people that are there and that are being affected by this crisis that's totally cool the other thing too and and one of the things I love about you is like, obviously you're all on board to like feed people. And, but one of the things that I think is totally cool is it's not, you're not only for individuals who are like kind of down and out, but you're also equally passionate and love people who are wealthy or famous or whatever. Yes. I remember you telling me about some of this stuff, like some of your heart for people in Hollywood yeah absolutely because i think that's important for our, our listeners as well 
Sure. Yeah. I um, happened to be in LA uh, for something. I was going to a conference or something in, in um, uh, I think I was going to San Francisco and I had a layover in LA. And as I was there, I just felt to go to Rodeo Drive and I'm walking down the street by myself. I'm normally not by myself. I always have someone to travel with me, but um, that time I was by myself. So I was like, Lord, it's me and you. Let's just have a good day. And I'm walking down the street and I, I you know, I let, try to live in real relationship with God. So I'm having a good time with him shopping and eating and just having a good time. And I stopped uh, to just sit down and try and find another restaurant to, to eat at. And um, the Lord spoke to me while I was there. And he said, can I, he said, do you think Hollywood exists just to exist? I said, no. He said, I want to, can I show you my purpose for Hollywood? And I said, sure. And I had this vision. I saw these people running down the street on Rodeo Drive. And it looked like they were in a movie. And there was this fire behind them. And they were running like they were afraid. But I realized that they were running to something. So when I turned around to see what they were running to, I saw this raging fire. And in the midst of the fire, I saw Jesus standing there. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, this is my purpose for it. Hollywood. And he said, I want to send you here to be a missionary to the rich. He said, so many are focused on being a missionary to the poor. He said, but I want you to be a missionary to the rich and create a love center here for people to come home to family, to experience what real genuine love looks like, to let them know that you don't need anything from them. You want to just love them with the genuine love of the Father and receive them and just show them what genuine affection and love is from God. And so we've been endeavoring to do that. We're starting a church there. Hopefully we were supposed to start it this year, but um, God knows uh, what he's doing. And um, we're going to start um, next year, hopefully within um, the beginning of the year, we'll be able to start um, starting small, just doing a discipleship group and letting that be the church for now. Yeah. And um, I'm just going to see what God does, you know, with that. And he's opened up so many opportunities for us to love on, you know, who, who people would term as celebrities or, you know, um, people who have um, uh, high profiles and stuff. And uh, I'm just excited and still at the same time humbled and honored that God would allow us to, to uh, be able to do something like that. I remember when you shared that with me, I was like, oh, my gosh, I love that. I love I love the fact that you're that the love of God through you isn't like dialed up or dialed down depending on the recipient. It's like right, no. Steady. It's the same. Yeah. <laughs> and it love has that. to be. Like that's how Jesus was. He loved people no matter what. If you see that, you know, all throughout scripture and in the gospels, you see Jesus, there was no separation to the amount or uh, the depth of the measure of which he loved people he loved them all equally and he wants the same thing for us i believe even today totally true so joseph on a personal level how do you sense god loving you <laughs> how do i sense him loving me that's a great question um i can sense his love for me when i uh meditate um and consciously think and consider um sometimes even what the scripture says about his love for me and then so oftentimes when if i'm doubting or you know i've tended to fear or something i remind myself of the times where god has made himself real to me or where you know he's 
He's revealed things to me. Um, and in that, you know, meditation, I'm able to, to feel the presence of God. I'm able to encounter the love of God in a, in a very real way. And it's beautiful. It's um, something that um, I, I don't take for granted and I never want to. Um, because a lot of people say often like, oh, well, I don't feel the presence of God or I don't know how to, and I'm like, man, I, I feel it all the time. I don't, like, I remember the times where I would ask God questions and I didn't hear anything. Now I have it where if I ask him, he answers me immediately, all of the time. It never fails. You know, it's a real relationship. So I, I think even moments like that is, is a manifestation of God loving me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're always like this really, what I think is cool too, is that the, the daily, day in yes. and day out, not yes. just like special, remote, obscure no. moments, occasional, but like consistently as the sun rises, as the sun sets, just that. That's right. Day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I agree. One last random question. What do you do to relax? <laughs> I know, right? That was a really <laughs> bizarre, but very important question. That is a very important question. Because you don't um, relax very much. You're always like, go, 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 go. That's why I want to ask. Oh gosh, that is a great <laughs> question. Um, I would say too as well, like cooking makes me relaxed. When I cook for other people, there is something that's, you know, therapeutic about that. Um, baking i'm not i don't consider myself a good baker but everybody else thinks that i am but sometimes if i'm making bread or making a cake or it just like that makes me feel good and um just having quality time with friends and family and you know speaking even to you that 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 refreshes me and helps me feel um um, relaxed and uh yeah and when we could travel going places and just sitting you know I love to go to the beach and not even get in the water I just sit there (laughs) and sit under an umbrella and just take it all in and it's interesting even in moments like that and that pausing and in that silence and that stillness of rest I still encounter God um and it's beautiful I wouldn't trade it for anything so that's my answer to relaxation (laughs) I love it love it love it love it love it because I'm totally on your page I completely agree. I'm not as good at the cooking thing, but. Oh, you are. No, 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 no. I've seen some of your, you make borscht. Like (laughs) the average cook is not, I guarantee you, is not making borscht. I have never made borscht. So you are a head up, you're a step up above me. So good. (laughs) Everybody in the audience is like, what the heck is borscht? Oh my goodness. So It looks beautiful. It is. It's really good for you also. Really healthy. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Totally good. All right. So, Joseph, thank you boatloads for your time. Oh, my honor. I'm super Yes. Yes. If you're in Baltimore, come to uh, Love Center Church. You can go to our website, lovecenter.info, and um, you'll be able to see all the information for when Sarah's coming. It's going to be a great service. We're excited and honored to have you, friend. Absolutely. And if you're in Baltimore, Love Center is a great church in the area. Just make sure you pop over there. Give Joseph a big hug and say, Sarah, it'll be like vicarious. I love you. I miss you. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you, Joseph. Thank you so much. Holy buckets. Wasn't that amazing? Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for listening today. 
totally love your guts. And I'd love for you to share this with your friends and your family. Thank you again and again for listening. And we'll catch you next week.